Riley, I want to talk to you about <laughs> medical advocacy. Good. Let's get into it. Let's uh, nice and let's, nice and frothy. Yeah, just again frothy, frothy light entertainment podcast. People tune in every week to chill out, take their mind off things. So medical advocacy is on the table for this week. Let's so, go. So, like, I'm talking, I'm talking about personal advocacy, and I'm, this is similar to conversations we've had in the past, where I, as a uh, generally speaking, as a white man, broadly speaking, mm. doctors listen to me more than many people of other creeds, right? I mean, like, it's easy for me to have some conversations. Wait, sorry, back it up. It's your creed? Yeah, yeah, the creed? You go in and the doctor's like, ah, I see you have good values. I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you seriously. I think it's, I think creed is the the last thing that uh, racist and sexist doctors are looking at. Yeah. I can look look past the fact that you're, you know, a woman or that you're a person of color, but oh, your creed? No, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to have any truck with what you're saying. So a little bit of background. We have a doctor that we go to. Mm. It's a Mm. clinic. So there's a couple of doctors in there. And usually you get the same one, but sometimes you get a different one. You know how it is. No, I don't Uh, know how it is. I always go to the same doctor. Well, we we go to a clinic that has like four doctors in it. And most of the time they'll endeavor to give you the same one every time. But if like, oh, Dr. So-and-so isn't available. Are you okay with this person if you want to get seen tomorrow? And most of the time we're like, yes. Uh, okay. All right. I guess if you like really need to see a doctor, then yes, you just go. Or, but yeah, the law always give you the option to wait an extra day to have your doctor. Yeah, be- I'll, I'll, I'll usually, I don't want to always do that. But I guess if it's urgent, it's urgent. Anyway, go on. Um, so what's happened before, we've had a doctor, the same doctor, mm-hmm. send mm-hmm. Nikki to the hospital unnecessarily a couple of times, right? So okay. what will happen is, um, so let's get real, Riley. So earlier on in the year, we're talking about on the podcast, Nikki uh, and I, uh, we're expecting a baby and then lost it, which was mm. very sad and a very hard time for us all. And there might be mm. some episodes you go and listen to from like February of this year where I'm just kind of bummed. That'll mm. be why, generally that speaking. Vibe, the, vibe, the vibe is just off. And yeah. uh, and it was really tough. And uh, yeah, didn't didn't enjoy the like feeling the pain that you and Nikki went through during that period. I, I also was feeling enormously out of my depth in how to like support <laughs> yep. you as like your friend because I was just like, well, I don't really, it's just so it's... it's Miscarriages are it's, a thing that nobody talks about and it's a real yeah. problem. Um, yeah. So I felt a little bit of responsibility to talk about it on here and a little bit cowardly and a little bit selfishly didn't until now. And it's and I'm, even, it's, even this is a little bit of a cop-out because it's not the main thrust of why I want to talk about this. Yeah. But um, so after that happened, there was a time when Nikki went in uh, to the doctor gets him checked up and the doctor was like you need to go to the emergency room imme- immediately um you yeah. could have this 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 like random like ectopic pregnancy thing or whatever um yeah. after your miscarriage that happens very rarely you need to go to the emergency room immediately like you need to leave your car here and get a taxi like go right now yeah and we went we went to the emergency room and the people in the emergency room were like uh so um did doctor so-and-so send you and oh we like, no we oh like, no yes Oh, that's the yeah. worst. Well, so I was going to say, it's, it's not the worst thing they could have said. They definitely could have said something worse. They could have said, yes, well, your worst yeah, good, good, to, yeah, yeah, confirm, good thing is about to but I think it's a close second. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. and they were like, oh, yeah, this happens a lot. And there was a time when Nikki had a kidney infection where the mm. doctor was like, mm, I think you have meningitis. You need to go to the emergency room immediately. Didn't have meningitis, right? Okay. So this past weekend, and I thought that was emblematic of like, Women's health overall is pretty poorly researched. There's a bunch of medications that women can take that are discovered by accident because there are things that are more prevalent in men um for example like a popular pcos medication metformin is actually a diabetes medication that happens to be good for polycystic ovarian syndrome Heart, so they just they so just have just splash, yeah. splash damage for, yeah exactly for that. yeah lucky and splash or, damage 
or like um, heart attacks are underdiagnosed with women because they present differently. They don't present the same way. The whole thing of like where you get shooting pain up and then your up and then your arm and stiffness in your chest. That's how it presents in males. It presents it differently in females. Whole. So I thought that, that our doctor overdiagnosing, misdiagnosing Nikki was evidence of that in Ireland, which is a country that is famously very, very bad for medical rights and medical research for women as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. I went in last week, Roddy. As you recall, I was sick last week. I had a chest infection. Well, well, now, now I, I was with you 100% of the way with your story, but now I'm starting to doubt. Now I'm starting to raise some eyebrows. So it's, like, it's like, you, yeah, allegedly, allegedly you're sick. And all of a sudden now we're coming with this long shaggy dog story about you going to the hospital. This, this doctor, this, this better be good. You better stick the landing on this one, my friend. So I called, so when Nikki was sick, she called the doctor and was like, hello, I am sick. I have a cough. And they're like, did you do yeah. a COVID test? And she was like, I have done two. And they are both negative. And they were like, okay, well, look, it was a phone consultation. They're like, we'll give you antibiotics and this cough syrup. Rest up. Yeah. Went and got the antibiotics. Nikki, you felt better. I was mm-hmm. on the same trajectory as Nikki, but a couple of days behind. So a couple of days later, I was like, okay, I'm going to call the doctor because we're going away yeah. at the end of this week. I was like, I'm going to see if I can get some antibiotics, if I need antibiotics to clear it up before we travel. Right? Mm-hmm. Reasonable thing to do, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call the doctor. It is this doctor. Same um, doctor. Same doctor. Uh, who Nikki same doctor did not spoke have. to Nikki as well? No, Nikki does not no. use this doctor anymore. I wasn't really no. thinking about it when I called. Um, but this is this is this is Doctor Better Safe Than Sorry. This is this is Doctor Who Cried Wolf. Yes, um, Doctor Who Cried Meningitis. Doctor Who Cried um, Meningitis. So I called and she was like, "Oh, you need to come in immediately, and I can take a look uh, at you." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, fine, yeah, whatever." Yeah, yeah, I kind of yeah, just wanted yeah. the antibiotics, but okay, you know. I'm very much in the trust the experts capacity. Like a guy came in. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. A guy came in today because we're like changing the floor in in our apartment. And he was like, well, you want this? You want this? I was like, Nikki and I were like both like, dude, you do 50 of these a year. We, I do once of these every 20 years, whatever you think. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. And I took that sound approach. Side note though, uh, we were a little delayed in recording this episode because the floor man, uh, Dennis was like, oh, he said he'd be here between within 20 and 40 minutes. And, um, you know, we're now at like 25 minutes, so he could be here any minute. It's just best for us to wait for him to arrive. Um, I was like, okay, sure, why? And he's like, well, I need to like, you know, show him the floor. And I was like, I, he he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't, he's a floor specialist and he can't identify, like they're not hard to find generally floors. Like often it's not difficult to. He comes back locate. and he's like, I measure, I measure the ceiling. Ooh, damn. Oh, I stood up again. The, op- the exact opposite. Oh, the exact opposite. Actually, you know babies. what? Can I tell you something? That would be fine. Uh, generally speaking, yes, I think it would be fine. Broadly speaking, if he was looking to get the dimensions of the floor, close enough, the dimensions yeah. of the ceiling, you, you, you're going to be close enough most of the time. Anyway, go on. So I went to the doctor mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, well, you know, um, so you had this cough and, and it was bad. And I was like, yep. And I was like, I'm mostly better. I just have like the cough doesn't really go away. And she's like, yeah, so what happens sometimes is you get a bacteria, viral or bacterial infection and then the cough can take weeks to clear sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "But you know, I've listened to your um, your chest, your lungs sound perfectly clear. Um, mm-hmm. Your blood oxygen saturation's at 100, literally couldn't be better. She was like, your blood pressure is even good and your heart rate's per- perfect. And she was like, but um, you are, you said you coughed up blood, a little bit of blood came up the other day. And I was like, yeah, just in the morning when I coughed, there was like a little bit of blood in my spit. She was like, well, a little bit of blood came up and you're overweight. So you could have a pulmonary embolism. Um, so you should go to the emergency room immediately. And I was like... I went to the I was like, I went to the gym this morning. Like I don't think I have a I'm, blood I'm clot in I'm my good. lung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Do and you know I, this I, reminds me of this is like every time whenever you get a little bit sick, right? And you're just like. Oh. So when, I'm not going to call a doctor about this. I'll just look it up online. Yeah. Worst thing you can do because you look up anything, and Web, WebMD is always like, mm, probably cancer, brain aneurysm, cancer. Yeah. yeah, you you are you are moments from death all the time. I think this this doctor that you've got, Doctor WebMD, is in, mm. in, in personified is what you found here. 
But she was like, I, 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 I confronted her on it. I was like, hey, is this, I was like, do you think this is really necessary? I was like, I feel fine. I was exercising this morning. I have no mm. dizziness, none of the things you get if you have a blood clot in your lung. Mm. And she looked at me and I saw the doubt cross her face. And she was like, nah, I should probably just go. So I took the note. <coughs> and here's the thing. I took the note and I went home. Mm. And I was like, do I go to the emergency room? And I agonized yeah. for it. And I bothered Nikki. But I was like, do I go? And Nikki was like, I don't think you should go. She's like, look, if you feel worse, you can go. But like, there's no reason to go. Yeah, all this stuff. And then I was lying in bed. And I'm like, oh, my chest feels a bit sore. And I'm like, now I'm in my own head about it, right? I yeah, have, of course. I now have, you're going to have psychosomatic symptoms because 100%. you think you're good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have hypochondriac tendencies anyway, to be honest with you. Like, has, that, has that been diagnosed, Dennis? Oh, I, I did. I did or, or you just, or you just, do you just think you have that? I, well, I remember one time when I was, when I was very, when I was very young, I was like seven or eight. I had to tell my mom I had chest pains and I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, ah, yes. Um, well, unfortunately, Mrs. Strank, this is serious. Dennis does seem to have an acute case of being a bit of a drama queen. His words, exactly. Wow. Put you on blast. Holy moly. Absolutely so you have been officially diagnosed. See, I thought my gag was pretty good. Have you actually been diagnosed with hypochondriac or do you just think you have it? I, th- I thought that was a good line, but uh, I can see why you actually yeah. didn't, like, you followed through with the full story because that's, that's a good follow-up to that one. Yeah, like that genuinely, job. like, I, yeah. I, I, I am very much like, oh, you know, when I hurt my knee, I was like, I'll never walk again. 100%, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I struggle with that at the best of times. And when a person in a white coat in a doctor's office is like, hey, you could have a serious life-threatening condition. Hard to ignore that. Even though everything in my head is like, there's no reason to believe, but it's so hard for me. And I'm also a big, like, trust the science, trust the doctors kind of guy, right? Of course. Yeah. So it's very difficult for me to ignore that. So the mm. next morning, I went, I went, out, got up and I was like, I'm just going to go because there's no way I'm going to be able to stop thinking about it. And Nikki was very frustrated with this because I'd agonized with her all evening about whether or not to go. And she was like, you shouldn't go, but it's up to you. And eventually I decided to go anyway. And she was like, okay, well, yeah. that's, I don't know why. We could have we could have skipped a couple of steps here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went and the doctor in the A&E was like, why are you here? And I was like, oh, my doctor might have a pulmonary embolism. And he was like, okay, that's, um, I would be extraordinarily surprised if that was the case. Yeah. And, you know, so I sat there for four hours, blood yeah, tests, course, yeah. chest, chest x-ray, other yeah. blood tests, EKG, the works. Everything Perfect. Yeah. And the guy comes in, hands me a box of antibiotics, and is like, go home. And I was yeah. like, this is what I wanted in the first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know how... Okay, well, look, for step one, I'm not going to that doctor again. But step two, it's so dangerous to think, like, you know, when you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, I know better. And that's how you, that's how you get on that track of like, yeah. oh, well, yeah. I don't need vaccines and, you know, yeah, homeopathy. Exactly, yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's that track. And I, because, a bad, I, because a bad doctor gives you bad advice. Well, I don't think it is. I think it's people are misinformed and a little bit arrogant, generally speaking. No, but I think that can get people on that. On yeah. that. Yeah. So it's so hard for me to be like, well, no, the right thing to do was pro- probably to ignore the doctor. And I don't know how to have done that. Well, so I have a suspicion as to why this doctor is like this. Um, I, I do think, too. I wonder if it's the same. Uh, my suspicion is that they have faced medical malpractice accusations or they have in the in the past not taken symptoms of a patient seriously enough and got in trouble for not recommending that the the, the symptoms or the the whatever were treated seriously right yes and so, so specific- now sends now sends everyone to the hospital just to cover their own ass the alternative and the slightly kinder interpretation is specifically in Nikki's case where after Nikki had, had a miscarriage they're like oh you might have like a mm-hmm. secondary ectopic pregnancy which is extremely rare um mm that there's a chance that they had a patient that had that, um, didn't push them, and then they had serious complications or they, or they died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is 
Look, all of medicine and all of science, all of medicine especially, is doing the right thing for most of the people most of the time. And some things will get missed, some things will get misdiagnosed. But the alternative is, like in my case, like in Nikki's case that time, she had an extremely stressful trip to the hospital. Um, yeah. You know, burn, oh, it's not free. Like it's and, free because you live in a country with free healthcare, but it's not free like no. psychologically. I mean, even uh, even uh, like as, as psychologically, when I went, they took a bunch of my blood. That has that has potential complications and problems. They gave yeah. me a chest X-ray. That's an unnecessary radiation exposure. Like, yeah. it's really really not free. One time, I, I, I had a um, I had a skin thing. Right, it was years and years ago. I had this like weird rash um, that just wouldn't go away on my chest. Right, interesting. And well, it, like I went, so I went to a doctor about it. It was in Germany. Went to a doctor and the doctor's like, mm, well, it's, um, you know, there are a range of things it could be. I really actually don't want to speculate because I'm not an expert. So I'm going to send you to a dermatologist on this, right? And I was like, how serious okay. is it? And he's like, not not very. Like, you shouldn't be worried. But, um, you know, I think we need to take it a bit further. Go to a dermatologist. Go to the dermatologist. He's like, okay, this just looks like a, uh, a heat rash, right? If you're, like, if you're doing anything like, and I was like, oh, I've been running and whatever else. And it's, you know, summer, so it's kind of hot. And he's like, well... It's almost certainly that, but we are going to take like a sample. We're going to do this because you could have HIV. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I was like, all right, okay. And I was sort of trying to weigh it up. It's like, what's better in that case, right? Because I had to wait a week to get the test back. In that case, does the, is it better for the doctor to be like, we're going to take some tests, you know, just routine, blah blah blah. Probably not going to be anything bad. Blah blah. blah. Don't worry about it. You know, it's just this thing. We'll, we'll get some cream for it. It'll be it'll be fine, right? And then if it comes back with HIV, sit me down and be like, <laughs> I have to talk to you very seriously about this, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a big deal, but whatever, right? Or does that doctor have to be up front and give me that information so I can like spend the week readying myself for it? Because for that week, Dennis, I didn't have much else in my mind. Um, I'm in a unique position to talk about this, Riley, because this is what I did my college thesis on. Oh, about like when you tell patients things. I did my, my college thesis on informed consent. Okay. So, All right. so how does it work? So patients have to be, <clears throat> if you're like, if I'm like, hey, Riley, do you want me to, uh, you know, I'm your, I'm your surgeon and yeah. tomorrow we're going to do an ecto flicka sadabada wuda octomy. Is that okay with you? So, I've needed it for so long. Yeah. yeah. But what and is that again? Does, is, is, see, that's the thing. If I, I, if, if, I th if I say something to you that yeah. there's no, ex that you couldn't expect a reasonable person off the street to be able to interpret and understand the weight and risks of, and you yeah, agree yeah. to it, that is not consent. Yes. Yeah. It's not informed um, consent, right? Yeah. It's well, that's the problem. You, it, 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 yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't count, basically. You don't, you don't um, know what so you're signing I, up to. So I, I, did, I did radiology, I did radiation therapy in college. I went to a bunch of consultants and sat in a bunch of consultations with patients who were being told that they had to go for radiation therapy and noted what they talked about, what they said, and how long the consultations were. Mm -hmm. um, and found some wild things where you know if you have private healthcare your consultation's 35 minutes you know you get mm -hmm. to ask everything they draw you a chart with all the options they're like well you could do this it's slightly more expensive but there's all these risks you could do this you could do this you mm -hmm. could do this you could wait it's most interesting for things like um if you're an older man with something like prostate cancer where it's not necessarily life-threatening and one of the options is just wait mm. um whereas if you have an aggressive breast cancer Yes, you need to be informed of all the treatments you're going to go for, but the option is really go for the chemotherapy or just decide not to. And those are the only mm. real choices, right? Mm, mm. Um, but it's tricky. And the, the, the quality of care and the quality of communication is wildly different and depends entirely on the doctor you have. Of course. And yeah. the government and central bodies can publish all sorts of leaflets, all sorts of guidance, all sorts of educational training videos, make them go to all sorts of seminars. And at the end of the day, it's the only you and the doctor in the room at the time. 
Um, so it's very, very difficult to make any kind of actual sweeping changes on this sort of stuff. Um, but for example, in your case, I think ethically the doctor should tell you. Um, it's irresponsible of them not to, because think about it. I know you said, oh, well, you, spend, you have a week of sleepless nights then waiting for the results of this test, right? Yeah. The alternative is they're like, oh, it's this test, yada, yada. And, and you go, oh, I don't want it. And they go, okay. And then you have HIV. Okay. But then they say, I, I strongly recommend that you take this test because it can rule out things that, you know, might be a little more serious or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and this is kind of the position I found myself in with the, with the pulmonary embolism. Where, because yeah. like, pulmonary embolism is a serious thing. It can kill you. Like, but this thing you push back and then, and then the doctor was like, no, no, you should go and do it. Right. And I think that's the situation where you, you start as a doctor start sort of, you know, giving, giving people a little more of a nudge. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. I guess that I'm not, I'm not having a go at the doctor that the, the said this. I just found that an interesting choice. And I was like, is, was it actually, did they, did, did this guy actually need to even put HIV on the table? Because that's a, I know it's a much more manageable disease. And obviously, obviously like it's, it's something that, that a lot of people live with and, and, uh, they don't let it define their, you know. Their no, but it's, def- it's definitely it's, a serious. It's, it's, it's definitely it's, a serious it's, medical it's, condition. It's, to find what it. I'm trying yeah. to say, I'm not. I'm not saying that with any stigma. I'm not saying that you know having HIV is disgusting or it makes you a bad person. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that it is a very serious medical condition, right? So yes. it'd be the same as if I went in like, oh, this skin thing, you know, that you have, it's probably nothing, but it could be cancer. You know, it could be it could be Diabetes. representative of, of, of yeah of, of like an ongoing, um, very serious medical condition. And like, I just I was surprised that that was put on the table when. In the doctor's own words, it was unlikely to be that. I don't know. I think they just generally need to tell you what they're testing for anyway. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't have it, luckily. I was um, Yeah, I assume that I assume that would have I assume I would have known by now if you would have yeah. come up. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fine. But um you don't have the, the ulmonary pombolibum thing? I did not I have a pulmonary embolism, I had nothing. And I've taken the antibiotics for two or three days now and my chest feels better. Funny that. Hmm. Funny, funny. So after all that, Dennis, would you say you're not really feeling sick now? Uh, yeah, probably. Interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. So no evidence, no evidence to suggest that you were sick. Ever sick? Uh, That's uh, true. Yeah. Never sick, apart from a doctor who it sounds so. Mm, here, just let me get this straight. So. <clears throat> You come to me with some some cock and bull story about being unwell, yep. right? And that's why yep. you've missed. You know, oh, I can't record. Oh, I'm sick. Whatever, right? And I, you know, kind of jokingly make reference to you needing a doctor's note. Yep. You then seek medical attention and don't go to the regular doctor that you would go to. In fact, you go to a doctor who you know to give over-exaggerated, inflated, you know, almost quite extreme exaggerated medical advice. Yeah, I searched for... um quacks near me basically quacks near me quacks near me.com yeah dot dot co dot ie so you go and you go and search out a doctor who you know is going to send you to hospital just so you can get the paperwork to present to me to say like see i was sick dennis i see through your little game i see through your little game (laughs) sorry my cough is just acting up sorry oh (laughs) is it is it you coughed up a little bit more blood have you I think come up a pretty serious pretty serious amount of blood that is serious dude by the way like that's not something to muck around with yeah that was what that's my doctor. Some, was that's about. like some cholera type shit, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had the black lung. I had I had consumption. <laughs> exactly, dude. You got like tuberculosis, my man. Oh, oh, TB was a dude. TB was a huge problem in Ireland as recently as I want to say like the eighties. 
Yeah, yeah, TB. It's, it's still it's still a big enough problem that when you try to enter Australia, it's like, do you have tuberculosis? Oh, don't, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Like there are all these things that they ask. So if you're a non-citizen, right, when you rock mm. up, I, I, every time I arrive with Megan, she has to go through this. It's not a hugely arduous process, but she has to answer a lot more questions than I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have you ever done genocide? Have you ever, you know, there's all these I, other stuff. Say the same ones through. when you go to America. It's like, are you, were you a Nazi actively between 1939 and 1945? And you're like, oh, geez, I don't know. I, I wasn't in anything during those times. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, there's all these questions you have to ask you about, that you have to answer about, not just like your your political history and all that sort of thing but also like medical right they ask a bunch mm-hmm. of medical questions but they don't ask that of australian citizens because obviously they, ca- they can't be like well you're not coming in sorry if you've got you know um uh, i don't know zika virus like we you have to come That's, in uh, to like start to take you yeah except with tuberculosis for some reason tuberculosis is the only question on the on the on the little questionnaire that australians have to answer they will still turn you away i don't know what they'll do i don't know what would happen if i tick that box well, in my experience, isn't it charge you an arm and a leg to stay in a hotel for six weeks? Oh, get out of town here yeah, during COVID. Oh my goodness, ten thousand dollars for a uh, for two weeks in a hotel. In a hotel. Oh my goodness. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to tick the TB box. Hopefully, I never get TB. Um, my only experience with tuberculosis is watching Arthur Morgan die of it. Uh, from Spoilers Red Dead <laughs> from Red Red. Oh, if you haven't, pl- sorry, if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption Two, the 2017 PlayStation Four classic. I remember um, when you get TB in that game and you're just riding on your horse, you just fall off. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it's but really yeah, and then And then he goes to the doctor and he coughs and there's blood in it. The doctor's like, you might have to. That was basically, that was basically one-to-one what happened to me. Except, except then I went except to a at the different end, doctor. Dude, except at the end, the doctor isn't like, yeah, go to the emergency room to get treated. The doctor's like, sorry, you're just going to die because it's 1912. Yeah, you have TB. R- rough, bad beats. Shouldn't have yeah. spent so long wandering around the snow at the start of the game. Oh, man. Anyway. Dennis, do you remember when the 21st you were young? Of September? Do you remember when you were young how old? Okay, yeah. Teenage, yeah like how do you when when you when you when you were a young teenager, do you remember how old old teenagers were? Yeah, when I was 13, 18 and 19 year olds were 50. Yes, I understand. No, 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 no. They weren't even 50. They, they, here's the thing. When like when you start going to high school, right? Yes. And you see like the the boys in in year twelve, and they have like hairy legs. Yeah, they they're on the like, other they're on the other side of the iron cube iron curtain that is puberty. They yeah, they have to shave each morning before yeah, they yeah. come to school. Otherwise, they're going to get in trouble with Mister Wood. He's going to send them down to the nurse, and, and they're going to have to shave. Jeff said, Jeff said this the day they they weren't allowed to have beards in his school either. Yeah, the, yeah, you weren't allowed to have any facial hair at my school at all. And if you did, right, they would send you to the nurse who had one of those awful disposable two-blade Bic razors that you had to, Ooh. like, cut your face to ribbons with. Now, me and my peach fuzz, we never had to experience anything like that. But there were some really, really hairy dudes that I went to school with. And even, like, in year nine, these are kids who were, like, would come to school with a five o'clock shadow and hope that they wouldn't run into Mr. Wood or Mr. <laughs> Bassetto. Oh, so- dude. Or Miss Hoy? That- oh man, you wouldn't. Miss Hoy, she could. She had X-ray vision, man. She could see you through a classroom wall if you didn't have your shirt tucked in. So we had the same thing, right? We had a, yeah. a teacher who taught home ec, whose name I forgot because I didn't do home ec. Um, but she was the very much like the Miss Trunchbull vibe of when it came oh, to yeah, uniform yeah, inspection yeah, and stuff, yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah. But I went to a very hippy dippy school. So did you have a uniform? 
Uh, we did. I'm going to send it to you now on Messenger, so you'll see what I'm talking. But like, about. sorry, when I say uniform, like, sorry, I should have been more specific. Do like, because I like my uniform the, the, for the school that I went to. It really didn't muck around. We had tie blazer. Most in, schools in, here are like that. Yeah. In summer, we had to wear quite short gray shorts and high, like knee high walk socks. Yeah. So this is like gray sock. Most schools here are like gray socks, black shoes. Button up, button down shirt, jumper over it, tie underneath it, all that yes, stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the, so the, the yeah, because this is going to be a very alien concept for, Mer- for many, many American listeners. But no, we were, I had the full, we had the full get up. We had the full I mean, proper. Like you know, people know what like from like a Halloween costume or like a Britney Spears music video, what like a Catholic school uniform looks like. Ireland yeah. is mostly Catholic schools. Like yeah. that's not yeah. a myth. Those are real. Yeah. And most, well, most Australian high schools, I would say, although actually I've noticed up here in Queensland, it's a little different because in Victoria, like you had to wear thick woolen pants, you wore a thick woolen blazer in the, um, yeah. in the winter. And then in the summer, you could wear just a shirt and you had to wear shorts. So but we had a lot, of, a lot of polo shirts up here. A lot of, a lot of oh, high school cool. kids wear just, just oh, wear polo know, shirts. Rugby shirts, basically. Yeah, we have that up here as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, um, here, the, the climate's a little, little less forgiving of the woolen blazers. We had the same thing with the teacher, you know, who was an absolute like terror with this power, but. So mm. my schools here are divided into first year, second, first through third year. And then you have your junior cert, which is the big exam you do when you're 16, which I guess is your mm. A levels in the UK and whatever it is mm. in the States. I don't know what that is. And then at the well, end... They, they have middle school, right? They have middle oh, school. that's true. And they have, then they have the last four years in high school. In Australia, so it's have, just seven years of primary school, six years of high school. No, we, just, we have six and six here. We actually have eight and six. Eight and six. Yeah. Well, we have like the first year is prep, which doesn't really count. Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, and then grade one to six, and then seven to seven to twelve is high school. So in my school, when you were doing junior cycle, which is the first three years, you had to wear a mm. uniform. And when you're okay. doing senior cycle, which is when you were fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, those that at a time, there was no uniform. Oh, really? You wore whatever you want. You could have a beard, guys with long hair, absolutely piercings. Exactly. At the at, from fifteen and sixteen onwards. Yep, and even Jeez, our junior. Easy. I'm going to send you a photo now on Facebook of our, yeah. this is my actual school. This is yeah. the junior cycle. This is the uniform. Oh, okay. So it's a guy in a hoodie and track pants. Uh, the track pants are not part of the uniform. You have okay, to wear so the hoodie. You just have to wear the hoodie. There is a t-shirt that goes under it. That's it. Yeah. It's just a plain okay. black t-shirt with a little New Park logo on the sleeve. What's your feeling on uniforms generally? I think they're, oh, it's tricky. Um... Because I've got a hot, I've got a hot take on uniforms, and um, I think it's, I might it's know not, what it is. Yeah, no, I think you know what it is because I've told you it, but like yes. it's not the it's not the take that most people are going to think that I'm going to have. So I think uniforms are bad because they, you know, you, you're forced to buy them, which causes some financial pressure on some people, and also like it, like it makes everyone look the same. It's reduced mm-hmm. your ability to express yourself, yada yada. But yeah. it also stops, especially for girls the nuclear arms race of getting dressed for school and who looks better and all that, all the sort of securities that come around with that. So I think genuinely arguments for both. I think my school where I went with this like very lazy uniform, kind of best of both worlds, but yeah, go actually, ahead. That's, that's, a, that's a very fair point. So I went to a primary school that didn't have a uniform and I mine did not. Bullied, mine did neither. I got bullied relentlessly by other kids mm. for never having the right clothes because my parents would go out and buy me boring, practical yep. clothes from Kmart, right? Just cheap kids' clothes that were going to be hard-wearing. If I put holes in them, it didn't matter, right? If I got them dirty, it was fine. Whereas other kids going out there, you know, skateboarding was huge. This is yeah, the era yep. of, of Tony Hawk, right? Tony Hawk's Pro Skate had just come out. So like Simon and Kaylee and Oscar and Gene, they're all wearing SMP and Globe and World Industries and all the cool clothes, right? And I got bullied relentlessly for being a Dimmies kid, right? Mm. So this was something that I 
greatly enjoyed never having to deal with when I finally went to high school and everyone wore a uniform, right? And like there was just no, you That's know. That's what I was saying. I think it. I think it is also. I think that that this pressure is worse for girls, and I think that having it as a grand equalizer, I think, is actually yeah. actually can be helpful. Yeah, I, I, I look. You make a really good point about you know uniform, uniforms aren't cheap, and it does mm-hmm. put financial strain on pre, on parents to buy extra clothes and and you know. Uh, so it's good. Like I always, I always wore secondhand uh, yep. uniforms, which is you know, obviously a great a great way for parents to have uniforms be a little bit more accessible for their kids. But no, I, I'm I'm actually a big proponent of of school uniforms. Um, and, How do you uh, feel about the the just hoodie level of uniform? It's fine. It's fine. If all I'm saying is like, if all the kids are wearing the same thing, right, then it removes a lot of the socially enforced division between kids, and it just it just gives bullies less thing. Like bullies are always going to find something, but don't make it easy for them. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Because like it's a, like even if you were wearing the wrong type of sneaker for for PE for gym class, right? Like you'd still get picked on for that. So don't just hand them ammunition by being like. Oh yeah, you can pick on these kids for what they're wearing. Anyway, I don't I want to talk a, about that. I, although we can, it's 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 it's, it's the uniform chat is it's. it's I have a special level. I have a special level of resentment from my secondary school because yeah. I love my secondary school. If I have kids, I want to send them to my secondary school. It was phenomenal. You know, it's very expressive. It's a it's a mixed yeah. gender school, yeah. theater program, all that stuff. Right. Oh, see, dude, I love going to an all boys school. Oh man, I really? thought it was uh, yeah. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It just, I think being I think being exposed to people across the spectrum. Actually, I, I, I now that that's now that like you know, um, gender identity is a little bit more in the, the in the, the, in the public eye. Not yeah. not just more fluid, but more oh, sure, sure, more sure, sure, sure. more present. Yeah. I don't know how like like if you have a kid who's fifteen and then they transition, mm. do you change do, do they change schools? It's up to the kid. Would a school would a school let them? Well, I, there are stories of this. There are stories of yeah. like all girls schools who have had trans kids who have stayed, and I think that's excellent. I think schools need to be it, all the 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 the. And I know this is a very broad, sweeping generalization coming from a mm-hmm. cis man, right? But the 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 I think the guiding principle for this sort of stuff should be about focusing and prioritizing the kids' well-being, whatever. Right, that and, that's, and and to be fair, if the uh, I, I, I imagine the kid is in an environment where that is largely the case anyway, if they've been able to go through that and and transition because a lot of kids are not yeah. able to do that yes yeah so i guess if they've got to that point where they are open openly transitioning then, then they probably yeah. have a level of, uh, of support around them but look if the kid wants to move schools then i think as, as the parents of the school you support that if the kid wants to stay um and and see out their time at school with their you know the true people they gender identity, up with, then, yeah yeah that's then that, whatever whatever is going to be the best and safest result for the kid in so question. what's what do you think the benefit is to single gender schools i don't well, understand well, personally, for, for, for me as a teenage boy, right? As a heterosexual I, teenage boy. I enjoyed the, um, the, the, the fact that girls were taken off the table during, as a school-related uh, influence activity? or ac- activity or just something. The girls weren't something you had to worry or think about at school, right? And as a teenage boy, it's very difficult not to think about girls you know, as you know, when you, if, if that's the sort of thing, I guess it's not, it's, whatever you're into, right? It's very difficult to not have that yeah, you, occupy yeah, you, a fair yeah, bit of your you, headspace. You, you created a hellscape for the, the, for any homosexuals in the class as a result. <laughs> I guess, I guess that is true. But that, you know, that wasn't my experience of high school. But um, the, yeah, the fact that like that just wasn't, there weren't, 
boys strutting around like the cock of the walk trying to show off and you know there weren't look i guess there are pros and cons but i went from i I spent two years in a co-ed school and i spent four years in a in a in a in a boys school and i infinitely preferred being so i school definitely i was i was co-ed all the way primary school and secondary school all co-ed yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think it is better because that I guess there's two schools of thought. So if you're looking at this from the perspective of a young boy who's interested in girls, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the perspective that I had. I think it's, I don't think it's a good idea to sequester that experience and that exposure to either only when you see like some group of friends on the weekend or at like a teenage disco or worse, when you get to college, right? I think it's better to have that slower on-ramp and yes, it is yeah, when you're all more that, heated and more confused and more. See, that wasn't my know. experience as well, though, because I every morning would get the train to school with a bunch of girls. <laughs> yeah, and then home as well. Like there was a group of us. There's a group of about eight of eight or nine of us from Melbourne High and McRobb, right? Who were brother and sister schools. Um, and so I did have a fair bit of like social interaction with with a group of girls. So but yeah, what, no, what, what, what you said is a fair point. Yeah. What you said is true though. Like, like are you know, our boys going to be like at, you know doing stupid stuff things to like try and impress impress the girls that they're interested in, and and you know do a bunch of you like all have like teenage flings and kiss and date and stuff. Yes, absolutely. I mm. think that's healthy, and I think it's a and it's not it's not free, and there are plenty of risks and challenges associated with it. Mm. But I think having kids be. And it, uh, also ignore the fact that it totally ignores like same-sex relationships as, as even a, even a consideration at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, we are coming this from a very heteronormative point of view. Yeah, but it's but like, that's, it's that's, like well, but that's our lived experiences, Dennis. Like that's the experience oh, no, I, I'm, you I'm and not, I have. But, but but I mean, like even institutions, like well, you know, we want to separate the boys and the girls so they don't have any like you know distractions. Yeah. Like I said, if you have an all boys, if all, all boys school, I imagine some of those boys. Whatever yeah. it is, I think eight percent of them are going to be extremely distracted. Oh, like very distracted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, um, oh, those, so those growing bodies, those glistening muscles. Oh boy, exactly. They're going to get hot and heated, dude. But no, um, I, I don't know. I just I, I I found that the two years that I spent at a high school where there were girls around, I spent a lot less time thinking about schoolwork and a lot more time thinking about girls. Whereas when I went to an all boys school, it was easier to have that taken out. Of, like it was just a pair of blinkers that you put on a horse. You know, so I was like, oh, I'm mm. at school, and not, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not thinking about Natalie over the other side of the classroom and whether I whether I should embarrass myself by asking her out and having her say no. I never asked Natalie out. She was. But she then, was, but then, but if you don't get oh the reps in doing that at slightly lower stakes when you're 40, 50, 60, and then you're going out and trying to find a partner, slight, I feel like you're less prepared. Slightly lower stakes. What planet do you live on? Slightly lower stakes when you're 15? Are you joking? I know they this, don't feel like slightly lower states. That, but stakes, that's all that yes, matters at that point. I know. Don't, I don't, know. No, don't invalidate the feelings of teenagers just because they they don't realize how small how low those stakes are. I know. Okay, I know you asked. I know you you asked. Natalie out. She says, "I'd never no, asked Natalie home. out." You listen to dance music. That's what the volume knobs I, for, no, Riley. No, I get I it. I asked Cassie out, and she let me down very gently when she didn't have to because she was so far out of my league. Honestly, I oh, bro, I, had a sc- I, had a, I was playing the numbers. I had a scattershot approach when I was fourteen. 15, oh, you just joking? you just threw the spaghetti at the wall and hoped that some of it would stick. And some of it stuck, dude. What do you want? Let's go. <laughs> oh, well, well done. Because I, no, I, oh man, I. I oh, it took me so long to work up the courage to like uh, ask. I thought I no, I knew I didn't have a shot with Cassie, but I I just I felt like I had to do something, man. I, I you know I, I just was, think I, I I now as an adult man know mm. know plenty of men who are not good at talking to women, and I don't mean to like pick them sure. up in a bar. I mean to just no, just like interacting with them. with them. So you're saying that 
giving them as much practice as possible is probably a good thing. Yeah, it's the same with, and it's not just, it's not, it's not, it's not just sex, sex and gender. It's the same with like schools that are here that are multi-denominational or schools Mm. like, for example, Catholic schools here. If you go to a Catholic school, you will not really be exposed to any kids that are Muslim or Sikh or, you know, even Protestant. Like it's (laughs) the worst of all the religions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. uh, See, okay. See, when you put it like that, I'm like, well, of course that's bad. Of course you shouldn't put all the Catholic kids in one group and just never have them interact with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because when they get into the real world. It's full of all kinds of people. I think exposing them to that as early as possible, get the reps in, learn about it, is better. Now, there are complications. I think what has happened here is I've just had a... I've had an individual experience that suited me, and so I look at that, and I'm I'm sort of rather blinkedly just being like, well, if it worked for me, it should work for everyone, which is just not... One-size-fits-all approaches just generally don't work in situations like this. So I'll have to revisit my opinion a little bit. But it did work for me. I mean, you have a secondary opinion here as a teacher, right? You have a different exposure to the whole. You You have the other side of the fence. Yeah, but I'm a primary school teacher, and I would never. I don't think at that age it makes sense. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have same. I wouldn't have like same gender, same sex schools at that age. No, they do. They do have lots of them here. Yeah, I think they do it here as well. I'm not sure, but I, I only now, teach at state schools, so I don't know. My school, my primary school as well. I'm not sure how you feel about this. Let's let's talk to a teacher about class sizes. Um, oh, how, how big were they? Mine was so tiny, dude. Oh, great. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. So it. Small, small, I was, better, baby. So we had to double up, right? So one oh. teacher taught fifth and sixth class. One teacher yeah, taught third yeah. and fourth class. Yeah. But you do had, you know how many... You had, you had comps classes. How many, te- how many kids do you think, including me, were in my sixth class? So you're saying tiny. So like less than 10. Fewer than 10, right? Yeah, there were six of us. Six. That's too small. Yeah, when you say small class sizes, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like a crisp sixteen. That's a perfect number of kids to have in a class. So, well, I mean, total between the two, they probably had about 50, 20, Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, between five six composite. Yeah. So, like, yeah. what what happened was, I my parents did not want me to go to a single gender school at all. Yeah. Uh, or a single sex school, or a Catholic school for that matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which in Ireland leaves you with. Not very many options, obviously. <laughs> very few options, yeah. So few options, um, there are only six kids in the class. Yeah, right. I also, at the time, you know, I'm not baptized. I wouldn't have been able to get into a Catholic school. Did um, they check? Uh, yeah, you have to, you get a certificate, I believe. What do you mean? Oh, they sprinkle with holy water and see if you, like, hiss? Well, yeah, or I think you're actually just registered to a parish, but yeah. So they, what, they, what do they do? They go back and dig through the, they dig through the crates to find your, 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 your yes. baptism certificate? Yes, I mean, I should really get Nikki, and she's the authority on this. But yeah, I think this—I think they only made that not allowable or not like a, a proper thing. When did baptism stop being required? Ireland, hang on, here we go. The baptism think, like, barrier I, was removed in 2019. Wow, that's wow. All right, this this to me is <laughs> is just mental, right? Yes, this came up with Megan recently, right? Look, I don't, I don't know. Believe whatever you want to believe, but I do feel that I do feel that people who, you know, are very deeply invested, so deeply invested in an organized religion that they're going to have a baptism performed. I just like I, I, I just can't relate to where you're coming from in life, and I, I yeah, it doesn't it just it's what. But Megan was telling me she's a member of this um this like uh, girls group for the Sunshine Coast, right? So like it's a it's like a we we needed a carpenter. So I asked Megan yep. to post on the thing, being like, hey, does anyone know? Does anyone recommend a good carpenter, right? A girl came on recently, she said, and posted, hey, I want to get baptized. Can anyone recommend a place for me to go? And Megan was like, well, that's, okay. that's a wild thing to be asking for when you're like in your 20s, but sure. But the comments were filled with, oh, go to this guy, go to this baptism. And I just like, let's, I just want to very quickly, 
turn that situation and look at it through an, a, a purely objective lens, okay? Like, let's mm-hmm. take away my the, 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 the hangover that I have from being a 14-year-old rabid atheist reading Dawkins and Hitchens and all the rest of it, right? Let's take Asking away Cassie, all... Yeah. Let's ask him, can I say, well, yeah, where was Jesus for that? Jesus didn't look after me. No, no he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been looking after me. He, Jesus was there. He was like, no, no, yeah. you two keep apart. Yeah, you're not if going you'd been a man of the cloth, maybe she would have said yes, dude. Who knows? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, she would have been yes, but obviously we'll be waiting for marriage and I would have been absolutely by the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, um, let's strip all, strip all of the connotations and all the politics away from, from religion and, and Christianity and baptism and all the rest of it. What this woman has done is she has gone online and onto a Facebook group and said, essentially, hello, everyone, I would like a magic spell cast on me. Does any, can anyone recommend a person who, can, who is good at casting this magic spell? It is a weird blending of very ancient traditions and very modern tools. I agree. <laughs> That's all um, it is, man. Like when you get baptized normally as a kid, it's something that your parents force on you like you don't you don't buy into it right it just happens oh, so i know i know i know people who have who have come to their faith in their teens but that's what i'm saying people it. people who are older who are actively making the choice to get baptized they're saying well i need everyone else is walking around with this magic spell that's been cast onto them i would like the magic spell cast onto me as well well and i mean in some cases it has, has some pretty serious buffs like until 2019 here you couldn't get into a school but that's what i'm saying the school yeah. the school is going back and being like have you had the have you had the buff cast have you had this spell cast on you What's interesting here is this law also only applied to um, schools that weren't described, as in had capacity. Which means right. that before, yeah. they had empty classrooms, and they're like, well, can't let the Catholics in, though. That's ridiculous. Yeah. They're definitely not. They haven't had their magic spell cast on them. So I, they'll, yeah, burn, so I, they'll burn into flames. We don't want to put them at risk. They'll, bur- they'll burst into flames as soon as they cross the threshold. Precisely. So I, had to, I, I went to the only school in the area that didn't have any of those requirements. And as did the five other kids, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Because yeah, yeah. there was a giant boys' Catholic school nearby and a giant girls' Catholic school nearby, and then there was the other one. For, for the heathens. Yeah, for the heathens, exactly. For the heathens. Or most, mostly it's still Catholics who are hippie, a little bit hippie. Is yeah. the actual answer? Well, I, I mean, I went to a Steiner school, so I'm I'm right there. Yeah, you're you're far, you're 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 you're, 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 you're you're way off the I'm, over the line I'm on that way one. Way off the rails in, the, in terms of that. Anyway, anyway, so Dennis, that, let's let's finally get to what I wanted to talk about here. <laughs> I was about to say this isn't what it was, was it? Yeah. No, 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 Dennis. Didn't didn't people like when you started high school? Didn't the kids in Year Twelve seem like really really old? Yes, adults, hundred percent. They did. Yeah, and that's the show. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back <laughs> next week. For <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Listen to This, your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, Riley Knight and Dennis Straniak. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, I guess tell them anyway, but um, hopefully they download it and they like it. Or if they don't, those downloads show up just the same, to be honest. If you really like the show, you head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show. Get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and, you know, help us keep the lights and the mics on over here.